travelers to TV on the Hillside. My name is Mo Hill, and with me as always, he missing my recuperation, it's Dave Burnside. I don't know what you have to recuperate from, but uh, there are definitely some people in Cambodia 10 months ago that needed some recovery time. That is true. So today we're going to uh, talk about this week's Survivor Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, which is uh, a really crazy episode. I think we're only going to focus on one aspect of it as opposed to the what we usually talk about with Survivor. But Nate, why don't you uh, start us off? Sure. Uh, we may be a little sporadic over the next week and a half or so because I'm going to be out of town, so we're going to try to make a schedule work. But make sure to check our website at tvonthehillside.wordpress.com. If you can't remember the URL, you can find your way there from Facebook or Twitter. Life is short. Subscribe to this podcast, rate it five stars, and leave a comment. You never know when you'll have to be medevaced to a Cambodian hospital. That's a good point. I never liked that phrase, life is short, because life is literally the longest thing you're ever going to do. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) I think we're going to forego our uh, traditional discussing each tribe thing this week, because really only one thing happened this week. I have small notes and things, but basically there's, I have only two notes from before the challenge starts, which is that Peter seems to think that they're very, very weak now, which I don't understand how losing Liz makes you very, very weak, but okay. Um, And additionally, Peter has so much hubris and arrogance that he said that we're not the brain tribe, we're the pea brain tribe, because they didn't do what he said. Yeah, that was kind of weak. He has a lot of arrogance, that guy. The other thing, by the way, um, uh, Fishback on Twitter last night also complimented this. I wrote it down in my notes as well. Great move by Debbie to try to take credit for saving Peter from elimination. Yeah. She said something like, you know, one of the two of you was going to go, and I, I just couldn't let it be you. That's what she said. Yeah. And I, and I was like, solid move by Debbie. Because even though she's like, look, man, it's like I had to do it, all right? But I'm, I'm still on your side. So if she still needs Peter at some point, like she can try to use him at some point later in the game. I don't think he'll fall for that, but it's a great attempt. Yeah, good attempt. Okay, uh, let's move to the reward challenge. Right. Which was crazy. Right. Uh, I have a couple of, I have a couple small notes before the challenge started. Jason shows up with, uh, bandages on his sunburns. Okay. Um, that was interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I guess his sunburns must have been really bad. Yeah. The, uh, the other things that I have are that, uh, this is the first floor reward only. So there isn't immunity on the line. There's that as a note. Also, beauty once again, takes a look at the course and sees that there is no puzzle and therefore sits Julia and Anna because they're their puzzle people. Beauty really thinking ahead at all times. Yeah, they're good. Solid thinking ahead by Beauty to bench Julia and Anna because there's no puzzle involved. And then Brain sits Neil. I found this out on Twitter afterwards. Neil um, cut up his hands uh, while doing something involved in providing the tribe with seafood. Maybe it was like he was um, doing something with sea urchin, or maybe it was um, like boning fish or something, but he had cuts on his hands, so he couldn't really dig in the sand too well. So that's why Neil was sitting. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. 
So this challenge, uh, you had to go through an obstacle, and then you had to go through under a log, and then you had to, first of all, uh, when they were running it, the crazy thing was some people look like Olympic hurdlers out there going over one of the obstacles. Yeah, especially especially Caleb. Yeah. And then they go to the log, and then what really happened was uh, was you had to dig out three bags with two balls each, and then go through like a ski ball thing, and basically get those balls to land in a uh, like a at the end of a ski ball thing. Uh, and once you land all six balls, you win. Okay, so during the digging the the bags out of the sand part, for some reason they hid those bags either really really well, or everyone was just completely hopeless. When it came- well, I, I think I think there are several key factors. For, uh, first of all. Uh, the brains get held up on, on the obstacle course because they're the brain tribe and they're not great at obstacle courses. Yeah, but that's moot, okay? The, the bribe actually gets under the log first, which is insane because they have Scott Pollard on their team. They have to, like, dig a legitimate tunnel to get under the log. Yeah. How's he, when, when, when Jeff goes and Scott is under the log, I'm like, he is? Yeah, I know. How did he get under the log? He's over seven feet tall. Yeah, he went under it a little bit and then used his shoulders to lift the entire log up. <laughs> Scott didn't just, like, kick the log and break it in half. I know. Just be like, Jeff, it's over. <laughs> the log is gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone's got to get under that log. Scott's like, what log? Scott picks the log up over his head and walks under it and goes, is that is that cool? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so... The really weird part is that basically the the first bag, Braun gets quickly. Scott is using his gigantic hands to dig. They're like shovels. Yeah. And he gets the first bag quickly. Actually, Braun gets both to get two bags before Beauty gets one. And yeah. it seems like Braun is going to jump way ahead due to Scott's gigantic shovel hands. And then, like, the brain tribe gets one bag. And then we fast forward for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it takes 45 minutes for any tribe to get all three bags. Okay, I think there's a couple factors. One is they're super tired and the sand is really hot. Yeah, it's probably not so easy to dig in that sand. Yeah, this is another thing we're going to get back to when we talk about the, the challenge as a whole. The second factor, I think, is that keep in mind that each bag is only holding two of those balls. So those bags are really small. No, I'm not saying that the bags aren't small. No, yeah, I think that's the problem, is normally when they're trying to dig for things, the things are much bigger than this. Yeah, but it's not like they were so deep. I feel like some of those people were digging just down and not, like, across, you know? And at one point, they they show Sydney, and she is sitting in a hole. <laughs> and only, like, her head is above ground level. <laughs> I know! Unlike Sydney, the... The producers didn't bring in an earth mover and put <laughs> the bag of two balls at the bottom of the earth. Why are you so far into the ground? I don't. You were looking at some of the holes. They dug deep into those holes. Yeah. I like. At the same time, though, in general, the rule is in these challenges that the things are buried between one and two feet deep. Really? Yeah, they're between one and two feet deep. They are not deeper than two feet. You you can reach them from the surface. I was thinking like they were six inches to a foot. 
No, no. Six inches, you'll be able to find it too quickly. They're not, like, buried six feet under, like, a grave. <laughs> so it seems like the, the the heat exhaustion combined with how hot the sand was. So this is this is a question we'll talk about when we get to the end of the challenge and we, we sum up the whole challenge. But basically, um, the a- after the 45 minutes later thing, the brain tribe quickly finds bags two and three. Yeah. So uh, they find bags two and three, and they just, you know, roll the ball. They have plenty of time. They just roll the balls. They, they get that. So then Beauty and Braun are just sitting there for forever. The Beauty tribe gets two and three pretty quickly. And then Caleb starts rolling, and he, he gets a couple balls. That's when Debbie goes down. Yeah. And she she goes down and has... she's very smart about it, though. She has enough awareness that she doesn't really want to... She knows she's not in serious trouble, but when Joe is like, yeah, you should get medical or whatever, I think she she succumbed to Joe's pressure to get medical because she knew she wasn't, like, going to get pulled from the game, and also the challenge for her team was over. So she was like, all right, let's do that. So they come over, and they, they, they get Debbie out of the woods pretty quickly. Debbie's okay... Fairly quickly. I think Jeff said afterwards, like, five minutes. So that's not so big of a deal. Yeah. At this point, Brain is just kind of sitting around Debbie, chilling out. Beauty is casually playing skee-ball. I guess the best way to put it. No one wants yeah. to run to retrieve the skee-balls because no one wants to run anywhere. Um, so every time they roll them, they're, like, switching out unnecessarily for no reason. <laughs> They're they're playing like a casual game of ski ball, like they're on a date. They're like making passing conversation. <laughs> it was yeah, they were going very slow. And the funny thing is that when Debbie was recuperating and Jeff went to go talk to her, you just see Scott Pollard in the background digging. <laughs> Jeff said it was one of the weirdest experiences he's ever had doing a challenge at that point in time because he was trying to keep track of three things. He's like, wait, Debbie is medically down. The Braun tribe is like stuck somewhere in the middle of this challenge, and the brain tribe, the beauty tribe is rolling ski balls, and I'm supposed to be announcing that. Like, and everything is, so they said that they, because the brain tribe, Jeff said afterwards, he did a long interview, which he normally doesn't do in the middle of the season, but he did a long interview last night, uh, with, I think it was EW, and he basically said that they didn't stop the challenge because Debbie's tribe was already done. So they didn't need to stop the challenge, but it made it very awkward because there are three totally different things going on simultaneously. So yeah, it, it, I do. I was a little annoyed that they didn't stop the challenge. I mean, every single I know Debbie's tribe was done, but every single time there's a medical thing going on, even if by the way, even Debbie's tribe is done, it's still distracting for the other two tribes. Yeah, and Jeff does have other things to do, and. Whenever the medical is brought in, you got to stop the challenge. Say, everyone, stop. Medical, come here. Deal with this. And then continue. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it was a little tricky, I think, because that was a pretty strange – I don't think that's ever happened before. Someone went down and their tribe was already finished, but there was still a challenge going on. I don't think it's ever happened before. So Yeah, it was very strange. They kind of made a, a – also, I think one of the other reasons they didn't stop the challenge is that Debbie wasn't in really bad shape or anything. Yeah. She was just – she was just like a little dehydrated and had some heat stroke. It wasn't like she wasn't like in a life and death situation, like end up ends up with Caleb, but that kind of resolves itself. And then the Braun tribe finds their third bag. So it, 
like quickly turns into a race where Beauty has like one ball left and they keep throwing it too far, which means here's the other thing. You can't shoot the ball too far because if you shoot it too far, it goes over the back wall and you have to go all the way around the structure to go chase it. Yeah. So Caleb keeps being like overzealous and rolling it too far and then he has to go chase it every time. And when he goes to chase it, he's really running a lot. If you watch it, like, over and over again, he's really running, like, back and forth a lot. And he gets the last one and then almost immediately collapses. He, like, stumbles towards the shade as quickly as he can and goes down in the shade as quickly as he can. And that, But by the way, the medical is still taking care of Debbie. So nobody really notices Caleb just collapsed over there until... Who was it? Someone just yelled, like, uh, medical, can you go look, check out Caleb? Yeah, because I think it was Anna, maybe, because she follows him over there, I think, and because they, they're, they're like, want to celebrate with Caleb, and obviously Caleb has made a run for the shade. They just think that he wants to be in the shade because he's freaking tired. And then it turns out there he's not really breathing. So um, at first, I think he was breathing. And then he stops breathing for a little bit. Um, Jeff actually said it was pretty much the scariest thing that's ever happened to him on Survivor because when they first put the oxygen mask on Caleb's face, he doesn't breathe for four to five seconds. And then he takes a breath and Jeff is like, oh, good, he's not going to die. Yeah. Because if he dies, like, on television, they're going to have a big problem. Like, first of all, that's the end of the show. You can't have the show go on if someone dies on the show. And second of all, I think this is right around the time where we get to the discussion of whether or not this challenge was overall irresponsible. I think it might have just been irresponsible. Like, a couple of the people have already had, like, heat strokes, serious sunburns. It's really hot out there. And they basically made them do a physical challenge that not only involved them, like, running at certain points and, like, jumping over things, but also involves no shade or water, and then they're digging in the hot sand, not only digging in it, but having to, like, crawl in it. It just, it seems like it was just unsafe as a concept. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. The Also, another crazy thing was that, so Caleb's collapsed, Sydney is in bad shape, and they basically... I think between Scott and Jason, they kind of drag her over to next to Caleb because they don't... I feel like they realize that medical is not going to go back and forth between the two. Right. They have to, like, kind of triage the situation. They figure out Caleb's in worse shape. Yeah. They just took ice and put it on him. Yeah, that's actually the the survivor director was the guy holding the block of ice on Caleb's chest. Okay. So wait, I want to talk about how many people were were there. Right, so this is this is the kind of thing that you always hear the people on Survivor talk about, but you never see, ever. Is yeah. That there's about 150 people who work on Survivor. Yeah. Like, they're all there, and almost all of them are at every single challenge. They're just behind the cameras, and, like, in trucks and stuff. And there's so many of them, it's like if... People don't know how much goes into Survivor. If you go back, there's a YouTube clip actually from last season where they dis- where they discuss how they were how they have preparations to do a helicopter evacuation during a water challenge. Like they have speedboats 
that are standing by off camera that are towing a barge that is big enough for a helicopter to land on. <laughs> and if somebody has like a medical emergency and a water challenge, the speedboats like tow in a barge and then a helicopter lands on it. And they show you in the video, they show you them doing a test run. And you're like, oh my God, like what they, like they have to prepare for this stuff. Of course, they don't have any sort of preparation for having to medically evacuate two people at the same time. So they're really lucky that didn't happen. Yeah, the medical. I can tell you right now, as someone who has some actual experience with medical evacuation helicopters, they don't fit more people than one person. That is kind of crazy. They just don't. So they have the helicopter on standby. Jeff said, as soon as they call for medical, the helicopter immediately goes on standby. Then they have to like radio for the helicopter, and it shows up. But they don't have a second helicopter. Now, there was one shot when they did, like, a wide pan where I paused it and counted 40 people. Yeah, there's roughly, uh, like, 150 people who work on Survivor. So you have to keep in mind that there are all of those people that you see coming into the frame. First of all, you obviously can't see them all at once. And then, second of all, there's all the people that are still operating all of the equipment. So yeah, just keep in mind, it's not like those were the people operating the equipment. And they put the equipment down because you still were watching that happen. So I know. So here's the thing. So they showed certain shots. They try to show shots of, like, the people who are actually on the show. So then you sh- you saw people, like, you saw Jeff's face. And Jeff looked visibly scared. He looked really scared. You showed Nick. Nick was holding Caleb's feet up, I think. Yeah, Nick was uh, holding Caleb's feet up because uh, they were he, – he, he was having a, a, a blood flow problem. Yeah, so they were holding – Nick was holding Caleb's feet up, and they were showing him, and he looked scared. Then you saw, like, everyone else who were, like, sad about what was going on, but they didn't really know what was going on. And they didn't – I don't think they realized how bad it was. At least everyone else on Beauty didn't realize how bad it was until they Jeff said he, he's being pulled from the game. And then, they're, then they just lost it because I think they all thought he was dying. Yeah, because I think once you get the mask put on your face yeah, and you hear Jeff calling for the helicopter, I think that's when you're getting really scared. Yeah, so Jeff, Jeff looked visibly scared. Yeah, Jeff says in that interview that he gave last night that it was the scariest thing he's ever seen on Survivor because they're just not equipped for three people to go down in the same time. They don't have an ability to deal with that. It literally was just everyone get out from behind the cameras and do something. Yeah, I know. It was really crazy. He literally said, like, everyone come here now and just listen to what the doctor has to say. His quote was... (laughs) All right, everybody on the crew is essential personnel. Umbrellas, coolers, water, find a spot to help. That was his quote. Yeah. And then just, like, the floodgates open, and there's, like, 40 people running from behind the cameras. And you're like, whoa. That was, it was the most crazy thing I've ever seen on Survivor. Here's the thing is, like, people make jokes about how Survivor isn't that tough because they have, like, all this food and stuff like that. And people – so – Frequently, Survivor's gotten crap in recent years since Naked and Afraid started on whatever channel that is. I think it's Discovery Channel. The the thing is about Naked and Afraid is I, I know people who watch Naked and Afraid. And what they'll tell you is that there are people that can survive on Naked and Afraid. First of all, it's a shorter time frame. But I think it's 21 days. But you people can survive on Naked and Afraid by doing absolutely nothing. 
like there's like some people who just like make some small animal traps and they kill like a rat or something and they'll they'll eat a rat like once every three days and they just won't move they'll just build a tent and they'll sit in a tent and that's how they survive naked and afraid for 21 days the problem is that on survivor you have to actually compete in challenges so while you could just sit there and survive in Cambodia for 21 days or 39 days even, you really can't do that if you're competing in challenges like every other day. Yeah, especially since like, yeah, you can survive by chilling out in your hut. Yeah, if you're doing nothing, you can live off of doing nothing. But the problem is on Survivor, you still have to like be an athlete. Like, Sydney, Sydney is very, yeah, Sydney is a bodybuilder. She is very strong person. Well, and yeah, this is, this is an issue that, um, Fishback and some other old Survivor people were talking about last night on Twitter is that the really experienced Survivor people will tell you, you need to have a good amount of fat on you before you go on Survivor. You, you can't be all muscle. Okay, so then I should totally go on Survivor. Yeah, because you've been preparing your whole life. Yeah, I'm not too fat, but I have a good amount of fat. Like, I got a survivor amount of fat. Right. So, in fact, there have been there have been like people that were smart. Apparently, I think one of them might have been was it Malcolm? I think who said something that he had done something like this, or maybe Tyson. People who that were going on who are normally in like everyday life had almost no body fat. They they would put on body fat on purpose before going on the show because it's not really safe to go out there with no body fat because then your body runs out of energy too quickly. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. So it's not really a coincidence that two of the three people that went down are both people that are, like, mostly muscle. Yeah. Wow. And the, other, and the third one is, is nothing. Right. Like, Debbie weighs 90 pounds. Yeah. So – it is kind of crazy. That was a crazy situation. Um, it was kind of kind of overshadowed the insanely mean line that De- that Scott said to Alicia during the thing. Yeah, here's the thing though. I, I read some stuff about that, and some older Survivor people will tell you that there really is a certain sensibility during challenges that you have to have for Scott to be on his hands and knees and an arm deep in 125 degree sand and for Alicia to be kicking at the sand, pretending she's helping and for her to tell everyone to keep trying when she's trying the least of anybody. That's the kind of thing, especially when you've been digging in that sand for 45 minutes, that's the kind of thing that is going to drive you insane. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand like why it was really annoying. She's literally like kicking. The sand. And she kicked it in people's faces, too. And she's like, oh, sorry. It's like, dude, stop it. Yeah, as much as there there is an element of bullying between Jason and Scott of Alicia, like, throughout the show so far, Jason calling her blondie all the time. and Yeah. Like, there is definitely an element of bullying. But to a certain extent, I think Dan Feinberg blamed the show for that. And I don't think he's wrong. The problem is... They put her on the Braun tribe, and she does not belong there. And it, it's a detriment for her game, because she shows up, and they're all like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and it's not like Ty on the beauty tribe either, because you, 
Like, you don't need to be beautiful during challenges. Right. That That's the other thing. The, the brawn, the, the beauty trot has that kind of advantage where your aspect is amorphous enough that if someone doesn't fit in, it doesn't particularly matter. Like, on the brain tribe, even, it, it's, even on the brain tribe, it's not as big of a deal. Cause let's say someone on the brain tribe wasn't that smart. Well, that doesn't really matter because unless there's a, a challenge where all six of you have to do a puzzle, then it's not like you, you can just be, you can just never be the one who gets chosen to do the puzzle. It's not that big of a deal. But on the brawn tribe, it's like, our advantage is supposed to be that we kill the physical parts of these challenges, and you're constantly holding us up. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. I, like, it's just, it, there's there's no way for it not to stick out like a sore thumb, and it is kind of the show's fault. That's why, I mean, if you think about it, Feinberg based his entire article last night on on those two things. It's, you can blame the show for Alicia not fitting in. And you can also blame the show for that challenge being like semi unsafe. Yeah. So it is really ridiculous though. I do feel like they, they are very harsh with her, but they do seem like very like no nonsense guys. And she seems like a very nonsense person. Right. The, the other thing that I think uh fishback tweeted about last night was when, when she says, you know, she doesn't take any crap or whatever. And then, you see a talking head from, I think, uh, Jason, and he says, you know, I've got two daughters and I, I teach them to not have to take to take any crap from anybody and to, you know, do everything themselves. And I don't want them to grow up to be like Alicia. And so Fishpack tweeted something like, oh, I get it. So he's making fun of her for little girls everywhere. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, when you put it that way, it really sounds bad. I He's basically saying, like, I'm making fun of this girl so that other girls are... It sounds so patronizing. Yeah. It sounds really bad. I mean, and obviously, this can be selectively edited. To give somebody a villain edit, it really can be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, here's also the thing. I also get really annoyed when people say, I tried my best. I tried my best, I tried my best. By the way... Where I listen to Corolla, he always talks about uh, people saying I tried my best. And it's since he started talking about that, I started hearing it more and get more annoyed about it. And I tried to stop saying that when I screw up at things. Because if you fail miserably and your response is I tried my best, then you're just a failure as a person. Here's the thing, though. it it's On Survivor, there are going to be things that just aren't your bag. I, I mean, that's just how it is. No one's going to be good at everything. Yeah. But so then just say that's not my thing. Right. I'd rather so, hear that's not my thing than I tried my best. Right. This is actually the exact thing I made fun of about Alicia in the first episode is that she says in the first tribal council, I'm not going to try to do anything that I can't do. And then two sentences later, she's like, look, I tried to do the puzzle and I suck at it. So I won't do any more puzzles. And it's like, OK, first of all. If you aren't going to try stuff you can't do, then why did you try the puzzle? <laughs> so, yeah. So there, that's one thing. And by the way, again, this time she was doing the puzzle in the second challenge in this episode. But some people uh, think that they they set her up on that one because they wanted to get rid of her. They put her on the puzzle because they knew that a she would cause them to lose 
not that they needed another reason to vote her out, like she would be the cause, but they just figured if they put her on the puzzle, there's no chance that they would win. And then they could easily vote her out because they'd go to tribal council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is really crazy. Yeah, I, look, that stuff can be edited a lot, so it's it's tough to tell. I, I would say that uh, there's two things that that you know we learn after the challenge. We we have the whole thing where Debbie says she was embarrassed to call the medical because of her daughters, which is totally understandable if you're the kind of person Debbie seems to be. That yeah, she prides herself in being like this really tough woman which she very much appears to be, but there's a certain point in time where being 90 pounds in 110 degree weather is going to kill you. I mean, you can't just... What, you're saying when the temperature exceeds your body weight, that's not good? No, that's that's not good. Luckily, it's unlikely you or I will have to deal with that problem. <laughs> well, if you listen to some global warming alarmists... <laughs> well, we'll have to live to be like 700,000 years old, but <laughs> the, the problem is that... There's Debbie seems to be really tough, and and that's the thing that Jeff mentioned last night. He's he said that they're seeing this more and more now, and, and we saw it last season. Joe fainted, and he basically fainted from trying too hard in the challenge. Yeah, which is basically what happened to all three of these people. Pretty much. Yeah, they were all just trying too hard. They didn't get injured. It's not like you know they didn't get injured or. Like, you know, a guy once fainted from smoke inhalation and fell into a fire in, 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 on Survivor. The, no one, it wasn't like an injury. They were just trying too hard, which is kind of a function of the show. It's like, well, if you're going to be on Survivor in season 32, you're like a really hardcore Survivor person who's like really going to want to do your best. And yeah. that is going to lead to you not wanting to have medical called. And you're going to try too hard in challenges. Like, that's what's going to happen. And Jeff said, like, that's happening more now because that's how it is. Um, I actually, it reminded me of there being a thing in the um, the Women's UFC Championship last week. Uh, the woman who had the belt, uh, Holly Holm, basically, she passed out in, like, the fifth round. She got choked out. She refused to tap out because she's just too tough to tap out. She literally refused to tap out until she fainted. Like, that's, like, a problem. You... You have to have some sort of awareness, but the problem is to be a UFC fighter or to be on Survivor on season 32, you have to be like really dedicated and you're not going to want to give up. And that's just how it is. And these things are going to happen. And I don't think this is going to be the only time we see medical this season, because if it's going to continue to be that hot, I mean, they're going to continue to have problems unless they just start making all the challenges run through the shade like they like they did in the second part of this episode. Run through the shade or go swim in the water. I know. I was like, you're going to run into the woods. And I'm like, well, they just added that. <laughs> like they literally took the obstacle and put it in the jungle instead of on the beach. Yeah, pretty much. That's like you're going to run through the jungle, but not too fast. Yeah. Speed, speed walk through the jungle. And there's going to be people, like, littering the sides, like in a marathon, but not running. And they're going to have water that you could just grab. You just splash in your face at any time. You're going to run through one of those misting tunnels, like in an amusement park. By the way, the funny thing is, during the whole thing when they were pouring bottles of water on people, I didn't know how many people were back there. So I assumed, like, oh, maybe there's, like, a dozen people back there. So they started um, pouring bottles of water and I said, what if they run out of water to cold water to pour? And then they saw like 50 people. And I'm like, oh, they probably have like 500 bottles of water. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they have, like, all the bottles of water. The other thing we learned uh, after this was the Alicia confronting Scott back at camp. Oh, Alicia. And, like, here's the thing. That's a weird scene to see after what we saw at the challenge. Because we, I understand Scott said something to her Alicia's feelings. I understand. Yeah. But with what happened at the challenge, y- you have to go back and take a nap. Like, you, yeah. you can't be going back and starting arguments. I think that's why they said we got to get rid of her, because do you realize what just happened, Alicia? Here's another thing that people said on Twitter last night who were, I think it was either, I think it was Scott said this on Twitter last night, that for people who think that they were, like, bullying Alicia, at the tribal council that they have later, they were there for, like, four hours. Like, they had, the cameraman had to change tapes twice because every single one of them was trying to talk to Alicia. Scott, Jason, Sydney, Jeff. They're all trying to get Alicia to realize that, like, she doesn't have a grasp on, like, when she needs to stop talking and annoying people. Wait, they're saying tribal council lasted for four hours because it had three minutes of runtime. Yeah, I know. That's the crazy part. Is that they, they, they also, like, uh, there were also some speculation about how there might have been some stuff that was slightly too mean that happened back between the second challenge and tribal because they don't show anything. Yeah. Here's also the thing. I, I looked at the, I was looking, there were five minutes left in the episode when they were just finishing up that challenge. And they basically said, I'll, we'll vote right now. Yeah. I was like, Oh, they're going to vote now. Cause there's five minutes left in the show. I also thought that I said, Oh, they're probably just going to vote now. Okay, fine. Or whatever. And then they said, no, we're going to go to tribal. And then I'm like, you are. And then they went straight to tribal. I'm like, has this ever happened? Yeah. I don't remember that ever occurring. That was crazy. And I want to know what happened in that tribal. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, first of all, let's just cover the, the, uh, second immunity challenge quickly. Uh, they're doing an immunity challenge where they run through the jungle. Then they have to race with this water to get puzzle pieces, which are ropes to do this rope puzzle. Yeah, they do the puzzle. It doesn't matter. Like they, they do the puzzle and beauty won, then brain won and brawn lost. All right. That's basically what happened. Oh, brain won, then beauty won. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cause the whole thing is about how Alicia, first of all, who lasted eight days longer than she should have, she should have been kicked out first. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there was an argument at the time that said that could have gotten to either one, and it was really a coin flip, and they just went with the other guy who I don't even remember because he screwed up more during their immunity challenge, Darnell. But literally, it was a coin flip. By the way, Darnell was very funny on Twitter last night. He was basically making comments that almost, like, amounted to, glad I wasn't still in the game for this chat. <laughs> That's basically what his comments amounted to. Like, his comments were like, looks rough out there. <laughs> He's, like, in a hotel, like, drinking a mimosa. <laughs> so the funny thing is that Alicia survived two coin flips. Well, also, she didn't just survive two coin flips. She survived the, the, the Jenny Tribal Council, which we basically assessed as the second worst, like, appearance by anybody on the show. Where she talked her way off of the game. Yeah. As she survived that garbage. I mean, she really should have been gone a long time ago. I think a lot of this, it just is one of those things where it, it went on for too long. It just went on for too long. They, if she had been gone six days earlier, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. But the fact that she was annoying them for a week and a half is what really drove them crazy. 
And you know what's really insane? She will be a returning player. Yeah, that's the thing is people will say, look, and it, it's possible that people will say that she just, she, she got a bad shake on the tribe she was put on, which I agree with. I mean, no, but she also is like screwing herself over by, oh yeah, just constantly like keeping with the same tactic. And also we talked about this every episode so far. She, she had zero idea what was happening on her own tribe. Yeah. She didn't know what was going on. She thought Sydney was her ally the whole time. Sydney was, like, game to get her out from literally her first talking head segment. And she even said, good luck, Sydney, after. Well, that's, I think that was a function of she just wanted to stick it to Scott and Jason at that point. But she, she was not great on this show, and I don't know. She very well could come back. Um, we know Caleb will be back. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost, I think Fishback almost uh, predicted that they, they may do some sort of season that would be like a Survivor Best Friends thing and, like, make all the tribes, like, pairs of people that played together so they could bring back Ty as well because everyone loves Ty. So, like, they could have Ty and Caleb be on the same tribe as buddies. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Everyone loves Ty and Caleb. That'd be great. I did love the part where Ty's like crying and they're like, Ty, you look really emotional. I cuddled with him the first night. I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. They, they all, I mean, Anna also said afterwards on Twitter that she, she said that it was like heartbreaking to find out he was gone because especially if you're the beauty tribe, they were really getting along other than Nick being a little creepy. And yeah, but they were doing well and Caleb was very popular and yeah. Yeah. Caleb was so popular that they were, they were basically trying as hard as they could to not have to go to tribal council because they, they didn't want to have to, the girls have this alliance that they don't want to use. Like they'd rather never go to tribal council and keep all of these people. Yeah. Which by the way, there's, there's a extended, there's a clip on, on line that they obviously didn't have time for on the show which shows the beauty tribe after they get back after Caleb's elimination and Nick goes to do whatever. And Ty goes fishing by hand, by the way, catches a fish with his bare hands in the ocean. Of course he does. <laughs> but the three girls are basically like, Hey, um, so this is locked up now, basically. Cause the, the, the weird decision that they're going to have to have, which they didn't previously think they were going to have to have. Cause they thought if they had to go to tribal council, they'll just kick out Nick. But the problem they now have is that they were discussing this in this short clip is that basically they would have to eliminate Ty or Nick, but they're three girls that just lost Caleb. So they don't want to be weak in challenges. So they would want to keep Nick, but they like Ty so much more than Nick. So they're like, what if we kick out Nick? Our tribe is three girls and Ty. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if we kick out, if we kick out Ty, then we don't have to, to hang out with, we don't get to hang out with Ty anymore. And Ty's awesome. <laughs> it was like it was like a weird dilemma that they were gonna have to have, but obviously from the trailer for next week, um, you know they're dropping buffs, so who knows what's gonna happen. But um, basically, uh, I only have one other uh, funny uh, thing I picked up. Uh, Neil mentioned on Twitter that he actively had to uh, quit coffee over the course of before he was going on Survivor because apparently he's really dependent on coffee, uh, and. He quit coffee before going on Survivor because he was going to get caffeine headaches, and then uh, they, they won a bunch of coffee. <laughs> Which, that's just really funny. That is kind of funny. That is really funny. Spends active time quitting it, and then they just give it to you. No, but here's the problem, though. You're going to run out. Oh, of course. 
so you do you drink it or no? He's gonna be like stealing beans and like hiding them in the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> and, like crushing them and snorting them. <laughs> that would be that would be the greatest scene in the history of Survivor. So he's snorting coffee beans, crushed coffee beans. <laughs> them having to have like a different type of doctor than Doctor Joe come. Be like Doctor Drew has to come. <laughs> They're like, they're like, the doctor's here to see you. Dr. Joe? There's nothing wrong with me. Nothing wrong with me at all. I don't know what you're talking about. No, not Dr. Joe. <laughs> you are literally in a tree right now. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just hanging upside down. I'm chilling out. What are you doing? Neil, you haven't slept for three days. You've been snorting coffee beans on the hour, every hour for 72 hours. Is that bad? I've never heard of that it was bad. Is that not allowed? Is that against the rules? <laughs> all right, Nate. Finish this off. Now that the show's over, get to the internet and check out the rest of our content on our website at tvonthehillside.wordpress.com. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at onthehillsidepodcast at gmail.com, catch us on Twitter at hillsidepodcast, or check out facebook.com slash onthehillside. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and remember to rate the podcast and leave a comment. The theme song you're hearing right now is One by the Breakbeat Chemists. I'm Nate Burnside. And I'm Mo Hill. yippee ki TV lovers.